The Unexplainers Extra! I'm John Rutledge, a.k.a. Eggsy from Visionary Rap Group, the GLC. Lover of mystery, disciple of intrigue. I'm Mike Bubbins, comedian and qualified PE teacher, fan of fact, seeker of proof. We're on a quest to unexplain the most unexplainable mysteries. For we are the Unexplainers. Right, John, once again, we're driving through Mid Wales for seemingly hours on end. Why? Okay, I'm cutting to the chase. I know you hate the long journey time. I'm just going straight into the mysterious, terrifying case of Borley McBallface. Borley McBallface. This bit of paper mm. is the case study. Let's have a little build up. Ba -ba -da. Uh, oh, good call, Bastacata. Ready? Ba -ba -da. Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba. Um, I'm going to do a scary voice to enhance it. But I was driving along the stretch of road. So drive what the hell is that? Just read oh, okay, the I, I story. I'll do my normal voice. I do my... While driving along a stretch of road, a driver and passenger spotted give what me they the short thought version. was... Okay, basically, someone's driving down a the road, they saw an old man. He right. stood around six foot tall. However, the head possessed no features and gave off a faint glow. Immediately after passing this entity, the driver had a strange feeling, a mix of shiver and yet feeling hot, which lasted for around a minute. You better be winding me up. That's a you case. You phoned me up and said I got a great case, mate. Let's just head out there. Three hours. I've been driving for three hours. For some... That's not a. That isn't a story. That's not a mystery. The bit where I possess no feet. Shut up, you. Their head glowed. I'm pulling over. I'm pulling over. I'm going to stretch my legs. Hopefully I'll calm down. Otherwise you'll feel my wrath. And then we're going to drive back home. Possibly. And make it worth my while. Well, I think you're just shivering yet feeling hot, and it's probably going to last for around a minute. So let's get you cooled down and warmed up at the same time. Then we'll start the case again. Not this case. Shivery McCarty, here we come. Utter, utter prat. Unexplainer's log. Suddenly, I spotted something at the roadside. No, it wasn't a man with a ball for a face. This was something even more intriguing. What's this up here? Don't bring me... What? What's this? Where are you looking? Have a, uh, pull over here for five. You can't just pull over here, mate. What's this up lane? here? Look, there's a sign. The Space Guard. The Space Guard Centre. Yeah. Whoa. I'm, I'm happy to stop here. This is the obvious place to learn to become a space guard. There are no distractions. There's probably some sort of unit up there where we're gonna have a flight simulation. I hate to burst your bubble there. It's called the Space Guard Center. That probably means something totally innocuous. There might have been someone called Dave Space Guard. It might have been Baron von Space Guard's place. That might be an old name for it. I don't know, maybe there's a space between two mountains and there was a small fort here. We don't know. It's just called the Space Guard yeah, Center. Whatever. And by the way, I don't remember Cape Canaveral having a flipping cattle grid on the drive. Driveway, right? I'm sorry, a job centre is called a job centre because they give you jobs. Therefore, a space guard centre probably give you some silver trousers and a laser stick. I reckon there's going to be a couple of sliding doors and a computer automated voice. Psst. Welcome, space guard centre masters. Pilot John will be king lord of yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. Potential pilot Mike will make tea and moan and stay on Psst. earth because he's rubbish and does not believe. Psst. Please buckle up and put your shiny trousers on. Psst. But the other one with the moustache, don't bother with him. Psst, he doesn't believe in that rubbish. Psst, psst, psst. Please fix the doors in the space guard centre. I'm going to be a space guard. You're probably just going to be a space janitor or cleaner upper, or probably just an angry space dude who just sits there bitching and moaning while I'll be flying through space, cutting aliens in half with lasers. Well, let's just go up here and let's turn around and then we're going to go back home, okay? I'm flying a spaceship back home. Have you ever seen a dude in an X-Wing fighter naked? That's me. Why are you naked? Because I'm having a fantasy. Something told me Mike didn't care for our intergalactic opportunity, so I needed a cunning plan. 
by pretending to need the toilet, I'd get us in through the doors and past the point of no return. This is the door, let's go. Hello. Hello, can I help? Hello, yeah, I'm John. This is Mike. Hello. What is the Space Guard Centre? Well, we're an observatory. Our focus here is on planets, but not the big ones. It's the little ones we play with, and specifically the ones that might come uncomfortably close. We act as the National Near-Earth Objects Information Centre, so perhaps the best thing is if we have a quick look round and you can see the sort of things we're up to. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. 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 Let's go for it. We've stumbled on something genuinely interesting. Our guide, Jay Tate, ran this observatory near Knighton in Powys. It was crammed with cutting-edge asteroid tracking technology, but would all this hard science strengthen John's weak mind? No. I'm looking at a map of the world on the screen there. I can see a lot of different coloured blobs. This is worrying. OK, now are these impact sites that I'm looking at? Those here? are actual craters we've got on the Earth, yeah. We've got about 260. That's not a complete picture, of course, because on the Earth we've got lots of things that wipe away craters. Yeah. Firstly, of course, the atmosphere stops the little ones yeah, getting to the ground fast enough to blow a crater. So what sort of size is going to penetrate the atmosphere and actually make landfall? Football stadium size. Football stadium size. Yeah. So basically the only ones that get through are the ones that are going to cause serious damage? Quite serious. In this game there are three steps. The first is to find anything that might be coming a little bit too close. Then you have to track it. And then if it's coming a bit too close, that's when you might move on to do something about it. By now, it was obvious my hunt for Borley McBallface would have to wait. Helping Jay, on the other hand, find Fiery McAsteroid Face was of a much more pressing concern. Our tour continued as he led us up a spiral staircase towards a huge telescope. Oh, my knees. Wow, so this is it. We're basically in a traditional round observatory. There's a huge telescope. About the length of an average car. Eight or ten feet long. Oh, oh, oh I can feel that. We're on some sort of automated floor. Right, the whole floor. The whole floor's it? moving up now. It's very much like the Death Star in Star Wars when it arms itself to destroy an entire planet. Yeah, not what's exactly like it, but um, it's very close. <laughs> but of course, you also don't move that telescope by hand. Okay, so everything is done by computer. Well, yeah. So you literally click a mouse on a constellation. Well, and if we find something, that should do the trick. There she goes. Wow, so Jay just pressed a few buttons on the computer. Wow! This is more than James Bond right now. This is amazing. This whole massive tube is tracking now because Jay... And that's lining up with the coordinates you put in on the computer. Cameras can see much better than we can. Right. The computer picks out a bright object and then it locks onto it. If you look at a star field and one of them moves, the chances are it's an asteroid. So you've got the night sky. Can you alter it to spy on your neighbours if you're bored? Well, if you look at it, you can't depress the telescope below level. Yeah. And we're on the top of a hill. So there's no way you can really spy on anyone? OK. <laughs> well, why would you? I was just wondering if I saw some people sunbathing a few miles back. John was disappointed that he couldn't spy on the neighbours. I was disappointed that there might be a giant rock hurtling towards the Earth that could annihilate mankind. We've nailed about 95% of the really big asteroids. Mm. What's, called, what's called really big? Kilometre-sized or more. Okay. And would that be enough to... That would end civilization. Okay, Jay, so if it was heading towards us, take us through the steps of what would happen from that. Well, um, the first thing to say is if it's not one we've seen before, then we'll have about six or seven seconds of notice. That much? Uh, six or seven seconds? Well, you first, How fast are they you first know when it's entering the atmosphere. It'll be travelling at somewhere between 35 and 50,000 miles an hour. Six or seven seconds notice? Six-second window, 
You've really only got one option. And that's to cry? Um, well, I prefer the head between knees. When it hits, it's obviously not going to stop. I mean, it just keeps on going until eventually the ground stops it. But when the ground stops it, the asteroid will simply blow itself to gas. So what you get is a nice big explosion, which blows a big hole in the ground 20 times the size of the thing that did it. That's bigger than a big toe. The blast probably levels everything within a couple of thousand miles. Um, Just a couple of thousand miles. But the real problem is the stuff that's blown up into the atmosphere. The bits. Rock and dust. Yeah. Big bits all come back down again fairly close. Middle-sized bits, they're going to go up a long way out of the atmosphere, but then they'll re-enter the atmosphere right round the planet. So effectively, what you're doing is you're filling the sky with shooting stars. Wow. But you're setting the Quite sky pretty. on fire. Right. Now that means on the ground underneath, look nice. you're under the grill. At the same time, all of that's doing some interesting chemistry, converting nitrogen, which is 80% of the atmosphere, into nitrous and nitric acids. Two of the best acids. Yep. Well, they'll fall as acid rain over the next week or so, possibly about the same strength as battery acid. Okay. Communications, transport, power, all of the clever stuff that keeps a modern civilization running, that'll all fail globally. The next problem are the very fine particles, the dust. That cloud will blanket the planet for perhaps a few months. A few months. But it'll block the sunlight. So we go dark enough to make crop growing slightly tricky. Yeah. Now that means that the things that eat the plants begin to suffer quite a lot, closely followed by the things that eat the things that eat the plants That's us. That's us, and, yeah. and so on. But hopefully within perhaps a few months, all of that clears away and we can start again. Who? The ones left? The one, yeah, we expect about 80% of the human population to survive. Well, that's a relatively big number so, then. We only yeah. lose about 20%. You're talking about utter devastation of any infrastructure. Yep. Two, three billion people maybe. Fatality rate globally. Yeah, could be. Basically living in a bit, you've gone back to, to the dark ages. Yep, absolutely. For a moment I stood there looking at John, my friend, a man I'd spent so much time with, been on so many journeys with. If fate should decree that I was to survive and John would die horribly, it would undoubtedly be the greatest moment of my life. The aim isn't to go for your six seconds. The aim is to find them, track them, calculate their orbits ahead of any possible collision. Do we have technology these days to prevent an impact? Well, yes we do, but we haven't done it yet. Would there be a place, like I'm just thinking for the good of the, of the, of the race, where, let's Sorry. call me the top 1%, where the top 1% can make sure they survive the catastrophe? Well, only if you build it. Yeah, oh, you built a bar in your I've got a bar garden. in my back garden. Yeah. yeah. Ah. No, you laugh, Jay, but I mean, the, the rafters are probably 10 inches thick. I could live on cider for probably two months yeah. and yeah. peanuts. You, 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 you've seen some of those apocalyptic films, right? I would be a survivor. I'd probably go buy a pair of like American football shoulder pads and a, and a motorbike helmet and a hockey stick. Yeah. And I'd be fine. But okay. you, you'd be food early on. I mean, I, I could try and sort of hide in the mountains for a while, but someone of your size would probably pin me down and eat my face. Well, I, mean, I never thought I'd say this, but I really enjoyed that. I mean, that was, that was fascinating. I've, I've always wanted to be in an observatory. Jay was really interesting. You actually enjoyed what you just said. You seriously en enjoyed What's it. What's the matter with you? You're pasty, mate. What's going on? It's a bit unnerving. The f you know, Why? In, in the space of six seconds, we could just be burned. 
and then acid yeah, rain But probably not though. And, and try and survive a nuclear winter because some... Well, count to six. Well, that's exactly how long it takes before the meteorite comes down. Count to six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nothing happened. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nothing happened. One, two, three, four, five, six. Right, you stop it now. One, two, three, you four, haven't got five, to worry six. about it. No six seconds is going to be over, so forget no about it. Has it happened again? One, two, three, four, five, six. Eddie, it could be in the next six seconds, though. One, two, three, four, five, six. You do that for the rest of your life, yeah? One, two, I'm going to have to, because, I mean, I can't come up here every day. You're an idiot. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hold on me. Google buses back to Risker. I'm not driving you back with There's no point getting a bus, because it's going to, six seconds, it's all gone. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I've got the right change. Sorry, I can't even finish the sentence. Gone. Oh, the, the coins have welded to my hand because of the intense heat. One, two, three, four, five, six. So what are you worried about? Oh, Mrs. Miggins shopping. Help her get it on the bus. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, she's burned into a skeleton. Oh, she's not even a skeleton now. She's just dust. One, two, three, four, five, six. All oh, the village is gone. One, two, three, four, five, six. London's right. gone. What Jay didn't say was it'll happen six. every Spain's six seconds. Gone. He said in the unlikely event three, it does five, happen, it'll only take six one, two, three, seconds. Four, five, six. Gone. Not even a pair of smoking shoes like in the films. What films are you watching? Films where people get blown up and it's just a pair of smoking shoes. This one, two, three, well, four, five, six. What if your shoes would be left? Why would your shoes be left? Because that's what happens in, in a normal explosion. But this is something so epic, you wouldn't even hear the noise. Like, boom, like this. What's that up there? Four, five, six. Well, boom, boom. Do you ever sort of stop Dodge. for one second Squash. and think, oh, I tell you what, I'll think this, but I won't one, say two, it. Two, three, four, five. Boom. Is there any self-check process whatsoever? With that six-second window, there's not even time to think this. One, two, three, four, five, six. You're going to experience one, two, an extinction-level event in a minute. One, two, you don't three, shut four, up. Five, six. It didn't happen, did it? You no, know, it might happen. Oh, but if it does happen, anything, anything might happen. Seventy-five foot underground. I might bat you to death in powers right now. Gone. The road's just turned into mulch. I'm just a burnt mulch. skeleton on the floor. What's a skeleton? A skeleton is an incredibly burned skeleton that's been burned. So hence the E of skeleton becomes a U. Skeleton, a burned skeleton. These are things I've. I I didn't realise that the heat was so intense it turned E's into U. You don't know anything, my friend. You're an absolute. All I was going to say Burke do. and then change it to U, but it's Burke both ways. No, because Burke is already burnt because it's a U, because it's been burnt. What? You're a Burke with an E, you're a Burke with a U, and you're a Burke with a, a U and an E on the end, like Michael Burke as well. All I can offer you now is the opportunity to join me, and we must turn our backs on our cause, and it's a sad time, but we must now prepare for the apocalypse and the end. You realise your apocalypse would name be Uggsy? After an intense heat, Ugly. but if if I survive the Even heat, even more ridiculous. Yeah, but if I survive the heat, Mike. Bubbins would stay Bubbins. Already, a severely burnt name. Obviously, there's something's happened in the past, but I mean, it's about protection, and we need to focus on the ultimate apocalypse protection unit, APU, APU. We need APU. Come on in, you absolute punish. I, I, I know what we need to do, and we need to do it now, because in six seconds' time, that's a one, two, three, four, five, six, gone. We're we'll going to live in a bunker for the rest of the shall we? Exactly, we need to... What do you mean, I'm not doing that. We needed shelter, somewhere safe, and preferably with a door just wide enough for a panic mic to run through in a sweaty hurry. A quick internet search gave me the jackpot. Moments later, we pulled up at an old RAF base just outside Wrexham. This is it. Michael, behold. Look at what is in front of us. So there's like a big two-storey building with no windows and quite heavy-looking metal doors. Very military-looking, very, very austere, isn't it? Yeah. This, Michael, is a nuclear bunker, and it's going to be exactly the sort of thing that we need when that giant lump of rock comes hurtling from space. Well, but assume it's not one of the six-second strikes that Jay talked about, I mean, because it's taken us an hour and a half to get here from, yeah. from Jay's place. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's 900 strikes the time it's taken us to get here. Mm. What we're looking at now is just the outer scab, and we're going to go deep into the bowels, into the stomach, into the inner gizzards of this ultimate protection your, unit. Your analogies are, are as appalling as they are weak. Brilliant. Right, so shall we um, actually go and look at the inner gizzards? 
Before we entered the shelter, I wanted to demonstrate to John the crater-sized hole in his logic. If we are going to stay here to, to avoid Armageddon, I'd be intrigued to know how far away, realistically, could we live from the door. So just say something like blast off. Okay. And when you say blast off, we'll run and we'll count to six. Towards the main gate. Towards the, see how far away we could live from the door. Okay, you ready for this? Ready? Three, two, one. Blast off. One, one two, two, three, three four, four, five, six. six. Stop. Right, stop. Okay. So we know, in the event of a, of a cataclysm, with a six-second warning, it would necessitate, of course, you spending the rest of your life in this car park. Yeah. Because, okay, I mean, even the gate's about eight seconds away. Mm. So, well, that's absolutely... I mean, just stand here, look, what's eight metres away? I can see some tarpaulin, which would make a great blanket. We could eat those dock leaves. Could lean on that fence just casually. Yeah. You know, just lean on against it. Oh, there it comes. And then just sprint for the door. Hey, look, John, John, we're, we're, we're in gravy. 18 metres that way. Yeah. A stack of chairs. So we've, we've got everything we need. And there's a type of power cable up there, which what we could do is cut that power cable down, dip the end in a puddle and create hot water and bathe. Yeah, if you're listening, don't, don't dip power cables in puddles. We approached the bunker's thick steel doors. It was time to enter the belly of our ultimate protection unit. There's a system here called a DB system. And DB is one of the most cutting edge. Um, this is the DB. Doorbell. Oh, yeah, okay. Your voices. Some sort of... Hello. Hello there, how are you? Alright, Are you Hello. Steve? I am indeed. Do you come in? Oh, fantastic. This door's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, that's yes. a pretty thick blast door. Should keep most things out. Yeah. We're now within the confines of the concrete sarcophagus, as I like to think of it. The first door that you come across as you're coming through the front door, this is the decontamination zone. Oh, wow. Oh, so okay. Before there wasn't a stud wall there, you'd walk through this room and you'd come out the other side decontaminated. So literally, coming from the outside, you get yeah. sprayed or hosed, hosed down, down with something. Yeah, hosed down, ice oh, cold yeah. water, but maybe uh, some get bleach the dust off or something. You. And I believe they did this as a matter of routine just to get used to it. Okay. I mean, I wash on a regular basis, so I pretty much could get used to decontamination. Imagine living here with your mates, right? Yeah. And on a fairly daily basis, practicing for a nuclear war. Yeah. That'd be awful. Yeah. Imagine it. it. Yeah. You'd have to get I used remember, to it. I remember, I was in school in the 80s, I remember like watching Threads and stuff. One of my favourite films. Yeah, but it is terrible. Yeah. This is the filter room that we're about to enter now. Yeah, this had some frightening looking machinery when I first saw it. All of the big machinery that used to push the pressurised air around, around the building. Oh, okay. Okay. So this would be like an air filtration, I suppose. That's right, yeah. Once those doors were closed, this building would have been completely self-sealed. Yeah. If something horrific did happen, for example, if something fell out of the sky or a bunch of kids on BMX turned up with, with sticks, you know, <laughs> then, then at least you could sort of seal yourself in. You could. Well, Steve, you don't look like, like a military man. So what is your link to this place? Well, I'm, I'm running a recording studio here. OK. If you're talking about soundproof buildings, this is about as soundproof as it gets. It's it, pretty it? ideal, yeah. This room now is a live room for the recording studio next door. Okay. So this is where the performers will set up. The place is massive, it just goes on for miles and there's sort of doors on the side, so this is... Like this? Oh my God, no, this is a place. There's a very big multi-track recording desk and we've got speakers built into the walls, we've got the soundproof walls, we're in a big room. What, this was the map room originally. Up there would have been a gallery, so you'd have had people walking around up there. There's a steps outside. Oh, it's almost like in one of those sort of black and white World War II films. Yeah. When yeah. there's all the girls in the, in the, uh, in the car keep pushing Spitfires around with, 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 uh, right, with yeah. snooker cues. Yeah. I mean, that sort of thing. So we're in the base of the map room and then up there would have been a gallery with the generals and your... Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Oh, so I mean, something like this, we could recreate Sabutio pitch with a smoking great hole in the middle. Yeah. And loads of Sabutio players lying around the outside. Oh, well, you do that. Maybe you could do it. Just to sort of recreate what's happening on the outside. If this was our map room. Yeah, well, I think I think if there was a nuclear strike, there'd be more than like 22 casualties, I think. Well, you could buy a lot of Sabutio teams. I began to realise that safe in this bunker, I could survive the end of the world and then eventually step out into the light to lead the human race to a bright new future. If I was set up here during a nuclear holocaust or any other sort of major cataclysm, I would imagine within three or four months, people would be worshipping me, yeah. bringing me various gifts and bounty from the surrounding countryside. I would pretty much be ruling with an iron fist, but I'd have a heart of gold. I would help the weak, I would help women and children, but woe betide any male who rose up from the ranks to try to challenge my authority. I would strike them down in the full knowledge that I am an alpha male and I will defend my property. Smashing your enemies with your beaters, I would fist. Anyone who came in here is getting a proper fist off me. Yeah. But think, mate, I mean, it, it isn't the media strikes we have to worry about in the, in the immediate future. You know, it's, it's the rise of global terrorism, the breakdown in society. A team of angry readers of, of newspapers who, oh. who, who, you know. You know, I mean, whoever, whoever. Well, without a doubt, we would be 100% safe here. I found John's newfound optimism upsetting. However, I knew a phone call to Professor Alan Jones would reassure John that his future prospects were bleak. Hello. Hi, is that Alid? Yeah, speaking. Hi. Hello, Alid. This is Mike from the Explainers. Alid, I'm with my co-presenter, John. Could you just explain to him, in your own words, who you are, what you do? Sure, yeah. So I'm, I'm Alid Jones. I run the, an institute called the Global Sustainability Institute. People do call me Dr. Apocalypse because most of the work I talk about is how the world can end, and there are so many different ways. That, actually, it's not how the world can end, but how society could potentially have a big enough impact that tomorrow won't be anything like today. So... We built computer models looking at food supply and consumption patterns. And within our models, we see that if we don't do anything to improve food systems or change the way we eat, we start to consume more than we could ever possibly produce. So we see that in, in 2040, there's this crunch time where production trends just can't keep up with our consumption trends. So we could run out of food. Um, the problem is if we run out of food, people tend to get quite cross. I once read something that said that we're only ever sort of two meals away from a riot. Yeah, so unless we do something about it and hoping that nothing else disrupts our system by then. Well, well so literally in less than a generation, there could be a catastrophe. The chance of getting to 2040 isn't guaranteed because anything that can happen between now and then that disrupts supply, that would mean we'd either have less food supply in the future or it would cost us a lot more to access them. So, for example, a rock falling from space and causing complete disruption and panic. For example, yep, that, or major floods, droughts, civil unrest, wars, terrorism, lots of different things. Earthquakes? Earthquakes. Volcanoes? Volcanoes, or pollution, or pests. Locusts? Locusts, more biblical, but yeah. Yeah, what about frogs? What, like a, just a lot of frogs? Frogs, like in, yeah. No, frogs. If you're really frightened of frogs and they're all standing between you and the boxes of food, Here's a good one. A massive gang of kids on BMXs with sticks. You'd have to have a lot of BMXs. OK. I mean, it all depends on how we respond. If we all collaborate together as global friends and then we respond in a measured way, then we're probably OK if we all responded and said, OK, we'll change our diets. 
you can probably manage it. I mean, yesterday we were travelling from North Wales back down to South Wales. Mike demolished four cherry bakewells in about <laughs> 20 minutes. If he cuts back, I know he's only one person, but would that make much of a difference? It's, it's an awful drive, so I can understand the cherry bakewell. But yes, that would make a difference. I mean, it, it's all down to how we consume. So if we all used a bit less, then we're fine. And, and certainly that, that date goes further into the future. It allows us to develop better ways of growing things. It's just we're not really, as a society, taking it that seriously at the moment. If anything, we're changing our diets to make them worse. Avoid this 2040 date. If it's contingent on cutting back, call me a pessimist. We, we haven't got a great track record as a species for not overindulging. Yeah, overindulging is, is what we tend to do. It's that question of personal freedom. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to eat the cherry bake qualify if it's my yeah. choice. So, Alan, let's say things continue as they are. Our consumption continues unabated. You keep eating cherry bakewells, I'll keep eating cherry bakewells with a voracious appetite. 2040, what sort of scenes would, we, would you expect to see in London and Cardiff, in, you know, in New York, in, the, in these sort of places? If we do get to a stage where food production can't meet what people want to buy, then what's happened in previous years is you get civil unrest. People going out in the streets and rioting that they can't access the food they want. So what we'd, in our model, see is a country starting to collapse because those riots end up in governments being overthrown. And then you start to see supply chains being disrupted for a whole range of other things beyond food. So then we might degenerate into like a Mad Max world. I can see myself in a Jeep with the exhaust pipe on the top and maybe yeah. a chainsaw. Sounds good. And John. I just have a ginger mullet and a pair of shorts. Oh God, that's a terrible image. I think that summed it up though. I think you've painted- I mean, it was bad enough thinking about all those empty food aisles and riots, and but just to think of John Rutledge. With a ginger mullet. With a ginger mullet. Pretty horrible. That is a nightmare scenario that I never want to see happen. Well, let's just hope these things don't happen. Alid, absolutely fantastic. I will, from now on, refer to you as Dr. Apocalypse. I, I picture you, you've got a long black cloak on. You're nice. wearing silver knee-high boots. Yeah. And yeah, you, I do you, have a T-shirt with Dr. Pox, so it's not a cloak. This is, oh, that's well, good. We'll try I, to get you a cloak. Yeah, we'll try if, to get that sorted if, if we can get our hands on a cloak, we will get one over to you as soon as possible, Ali. That is absolutely Great. fantastic. Would you settle for a cape, like a sort of waist-length cape? Cape's fine, yeah. There we go. Well, we dragon on it as well. Yay, no, now you're talking. talking. Dr. Apocalypse bringing it back home. Wonderful. So, Anna, thank you so much for your time. That's been very informative. You've made me think more carefully about things like my personal consumption of, of Bakewell tarts. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank, thank you, Dr. Apocalypse. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Following Professor Allen's doomsday predictions, John had gone incommunicado. With bottles of milk pulling up outside his door, I decided to investigate within a month or so. Mike, come in. Look at this prepping. A mess. Uh, I think you'll find. Look at some of these items. You got, okay, a big packet of water. Yes, water. Important in any, any survival environment. Batteries, electricity. Batteries, or tin food, yeah. Tin right. food, very important. Custard. What's this? Hard hat, of course, when uh, the debris comes out of the sky after the, yeah. the massive explosion. I mean, that's all fairly twisted, but yeah. what's really caught my eye, John, I'll be honest, are the smart dress shoes here. Yes. Why? Uh, once society breaks down, there will be peace talks between us and the local militia. Thought I might dress up smartly. So what have you what have you got, Mike? Well, nothing. What do you mean you've got nothing? Well, there's no need, is there? There's no need to prepare for me. What, what are you talking about? I mean, I've got it all here. This this is. Yeah, you have. But I mean, what are you going to do? Well, if it all kicks off, I'll come round to your house. I suppose so. Teamwork. I mean, technically, we are a team. You can mm. come round. We can work together. We can no. plough the burned land afterwards and put our seed in and grow. I our think seed. all I'll do is I'll just come round, just take all your stuff and kick you out. Right. Okay. Um, so sort of ruling with a, with a fist of iron whilst I just sort of whimper in the corner. Yeah, I said a fist of iron, but a heart of gold. Shorts. Are, am I allowed to have the orange mullet at the back? No. Right. Can I wear the smart shoes? Yes. Right. 
Okay, yeah, let's just uh, count to six and see what happens. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nothing yet. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going. One, two, three, four, five, six. Goodbye, Joe. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is not a test of the emergency broadcast network. This is the Unexplainers, a Zipline creative production for BBC Radio Wales. The Unexplainers Extra! Check out our website, theunexplainers.com. Follow us on Twitter, at The Unexplainers. Find us on Facebook, or check out our videos on YouTube. The Unexplainers, explaining most things that are unexplainable. Apart from that horrible bit of skin in between your toes, I'm not going anywhere near that. Right, John, let's do a trailer, come on. Okay, here we go. The Demon Seed is happening. It's now. It's here. It's about to open your mind to a whole new world of paranormal existence, mysteries, intrigue. Yeah. Well, it's just that. It's, it's yeah. things that, you know, it's you talking about things that can't be explained. Yeah. And then me, me explaining them. Unlike any other show that's been done, especially mm. between the two of us ever. Oh, yeah, nothing like anything we've done previously. If you want to waste half an hour, then just just, just click the link that will take you to this thing. And it, and it might be longer than that. Yeah. And, and it might be shorter than that. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be around that, that length of time. I've got it. So, I've got it. Go on. I haven't got much on. Listen to the Demon Seed. Yeah. And that's it. That's Walk it. in the dog. Listen, listen to the, to the Demon, Demon Seed. Seed. And we can do it together, yeah, yeah. So. Walk in the dog. Listen, listen to, to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Washing up. There we go. L- listen, listen to the to demon, demon seed. seed. Paint on the wall. Listen to, listen to the demon seed. seed. Um, I, haven't got, I don't know many people. Listen to the listen demon, to demon seed. seed. Um, um, don't, don't like mixing. I want to stay in tonight. Listen to the listen demon, to the demon seed. seed. Um, um, you've been no, kicked uh, up by your missus because she yeah. found out you've been fiddling with next door. Uh... You live sleeping in the car. Yeah. Listen to the demon seed. I had a power cut and I haven't got anything to do. Listen. Your earbuds still work because your phone was charged up. Yes. Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Car broken down on the side of a motorway. Listen. No, no, no. Be careful with that. Okay. Because you've got to be aware of traffic and stuff. How about this? How about this? Car broken down on the side of the motorway. Safely gone behind the barrier on the hard shoulder, away from the car, and called the authorities. And then, listen, listen to the demon, to the demon seed. Yeah. That is a good Cross, trailer. Crossing the road. Don't listen to the demon Press seed. Pause. Yeah. Cross get the road the safely. Side. Yeah. Get to the other side. And then, the pavement again. Listen to the demon listen seed. To the demon seed. Yeah. Um, what other things? Are Going there? on an hour-long walk. Listen to the demon, demon seed. But then, the last sort of fifteen minutes plus. Just listen just to bird song. To nature. To, yeah, just listen to bird song. You miss out a lot sometimes by by having headphones on. You miss out yeah. a lot. Worried about being asked for spare change by homeless people? Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Listen to the demon seed. Yeah. Or pretend. Uh, just just pretend. Listen to the demon seed. Yeah, classic. On a train, uh, looking out the window. Yeah. Listen to the. In, in a quiet carriage, seat. make sure it's very quiet. Yeah. You don't want none of this. Oh, no. Although we haven't got any drummer bass in the demon seed. No, I, we can, I can get some in. I'm working on a track at the moment, actually. Well, so. I don't because it'll. Yeah, think that's that. true. Might ruin it. Trains it. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've given them a good, a pretty, pretty good roundup of what to, how to use. Well, producer reset a punchy fifteen seconds, so that that's, that should nail it. That's right in there. That is top of the chart. That was, that was perfect. Well done. Brilliant. 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 Thanks, Reese. No problem. Producer Reese there. I like the way the standards are so low. That was if you if you producer Reese, you know, listen to the demon seat. You'll have to because he's doing the edit. Yeah. <laughs>